The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. I can't even read the posts on my own Facebook page. You know, so many new lexical items have cropped up in our language that nowadays much of what people say and write is incomprehensible to an old man. Examples. Potus, P-O-T-U-S, Glam Squad, O-T-O-H. The English language has scrambled away from me, and there's no way I can catch up with it. I'm no longer going to bother to look up these things and post them on Facebook or talk about them here with you, you know, so you know what they mean, too. I'm not going to explain them. We've taken on so much water here, there's no sense in men in the pumps anymore. We're sinking. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
September in the Rain of Charles II, Scott Hamilton, and we have forgotten how much fun it is to listen to Dave McKenna, who always has so much going there with his left hand. Operating under a small handicap here today, if you'll forgive me, since the last time we spoke, the doctors have poked things down my throat and here and there, so I might be a little froggy. We're going to use the cough button, like that. See if we can get through this. How do you open a pressure cooker lid? Get that? How do you open a pressure cooker lid that won't open? If you Google, you'll read much about building up pressure or releasing pressure. But that was not my problem. Before even turning to Google, you could save a lot of time by simply putting on your glasses and looking at what it is you're dealing with. When you put on your glasses and look, you can see a little flat piece of metal that has dropped into a hole. And 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 this uh, little metal that's dropped into the hole is what keeps the cover from opening. This little flat piece of metal in the cover that drops down into the lower part of the pressure cooker keeps the cover from swiveling. You can't turn it from side to side. Now... In some manner, this thing is attached to a round piece of metal inside the cooker that has a rubber gasket around it. When the cover won't swivel open, you take a knife point. You gently, I say gently lift or push aside that square piece of metal. Push it out of the slot in the base of the pressure cooker. Requires no pounding, no heroic measures. You know, perhaps the most useful tool in any handyman's home toolbox is his reading glasses.
Tony Scott, the first LP, 33 LP record I ever had, I believe was Lullaby of Birdland. And on there, Tony Scott had one, that sound he has, and because he arranges everything, probably classically trained from all the box stuff he puts in his arrangements. Do you ever think of something that you wished you'd said, you know, after it's too late to say it? Last week, Donna, the anesthesiologist, called up on the phone, get a little pre-op information. She asked me if I could read and write. <laughs> what a great opportunity I missed when I didn't confess that I can read French and Dutch and Swedish rather well, because I have, I have no trouble reading stories in Norwegian, Danish, Italian, and German. Well, I always amaze myself when I read Italian and German. I always amaze myself when I read Italian and German and understand what I'm reading because although I've spent a good deal of time studying those languages, my ability to remember anything is very bad. I do have a struggle reading Spanish, and that shouldn't happen because I can say quite a few things in Spanish, and I've spent an awful long, lot of time studying Spanish, so I don't know why I have such a struggle reading it. You know, you can't even go into a store in America today, but what you see signs in Spanish on the wall. What's your favorite Spanish sign? My favorite Spanish sign is the one that translates into English as don't slip, slip, don't slip on the wet floor. That is a sign you wished you'd read carefully when it's too late to read it.
Scott Hamilton, Dave McKenna, here on the Humble Farm. I'm where with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time, right? Here on your favorite station. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. My friend Richard Roberts down in Brazil says, Now, as a sign of non-progress, I offer the fact that you feel a need to include the street in your address. In the past, Robert Scoglund, St. George, Maine, was enough. Best, Richard. And what Richard says is true. This past summer, I dug out of my extensive files a January 1950 Donald Duck comic book that was addressed to Robert Scoglund, St. George, Maine. So far have we progressed in 65 years. Was it John Gould who posted two letters to a friend in the next town? He had one delivered by the post office and one he had delivered by ox cart. And you can believe that the ox cart delivered the letter before the post office did. Used to was a letter mailed from here could be delivered nine miles away to Rockland the same day. Now I think they have to go to Portland first to be sorted. Two o'clock and nothing doing. What a dull and dreary night. Just good time going to ruin. Not a bit of fun in sight. Take a look at just who blew in. Hurry up and lock the door. The great big butter and egg man we've all been waiting for. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Clap hands, join the party. Clap hands, meet the party. Clap hands, Charlie, meet the frown. Ginger ale and white rock for this table. Grab a chair, move over there, and let him sit right next to Mabel. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Yes, sir, Charlie. Yes, sir, Charlie. Yes, sir, Charlie's coming now. Clap hands, beat the dollies. Clap hands, big pearl dollies. Clap hands, stand up, take a bow. See the smile on all those hungry faces. They can tell that he's a buyer from those great big open faces. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Charlie, 
Here comes Charlie now. Clap hands, you know Tilly. Clap hands, phone for Millie. Clap hands, Charlie, he's a wow. He's the kind of guy who gets real pally. How he cries when someone sings, I wonder what become of Sally. Clap hands, nice chap, Charlie. Clap hands, big chap, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Right in and out with ukulele Ike. Radio friend Joey Brunel writes to me, Humble, I was just listening to your latest podcast. You mentioned how some people get snappy when they're hungry. Well, we've made a word for this getting snappy when they're hungry. Hangry. H-A-N-G-R-Y. Hangry. Have you ever... Have you ever invented a word that would better describe some given social situation? Send it along. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. <laughs> Thank 
I think that was Scott Hamilton. Here's a letter from a radio friend. Thank you for writing. A radio friend in Portland writes, I've been having fun with a proposal that has been put forward to allow people in Portland to have up to six hens, no roosters, in their homes, heaven to abide by some basic regulations, of course. I put up some posts saying that with the volume of chickens expected, they certainly were going to demand some basic rights. No egg laying without representation, and their own at-large council person, which I found odd, since they would have to live in pens and not be at-large. I foresee demand for conjugal conjugal visits with roosters, access to public transportation, and then necessary changes to accommodate their needs. Handicapped, handicapped parking spaces, clucking as a second language to be taught in our schools, all of this with help from PETA and the MCLU. This will, of course, open the floodgates for other animals to demand rights, long denied to them, and who knows where it will lead. Well, desperate for male as I am, I have to thank you for that. And please remember that no matter how innocuous your comments, I'd like to hear from you. Once again, I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Two by two, they go marching through those sweethearts on parade. How I pine just to fall in line with those sweethearts on parade. Love to join their fun, but they bar. It takes more than one to make an army of lovebirds. How I sigh as they pass me by. Those sweethearts on parade.
their fun but they bore me it takes more than one to make an army of lovers how I pine just to fall in line with those sweethearts on parade little original run there. Did I remind you, have I reminded you recently that you're listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station? With any luck at all, and we have to say that, we have to stress that, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. And if you have any sense of decency, 
you probably should not listen to what I'm about to say because it will certainly offend you. You've heard me say many times that my hobby is learning how to read languages. Que lastima esta malo el toca discos. Mitakulu, postules aptonalenica, manotevas iravilkas. If you can think of any hobby that costs less to pursue, yet constantly invigorates whatever you are fortunate enough to have for a mind, please let me know what it is. Years of research has taught me that the ideal language learning vehicle is the Harlequin Romance. This is because you can get the same story in five or six languages and the language is at the level of what you would find in an elementary school reading book, fifth, sixth grade. What you do is you memorize the story by reading it constantly in French or Dutch for several years and then it's easy to figure out in German or Italian. You have one book in one hand, another book in the other hand. Do you remember my saying that if you wrote to 10 or 12 women who write Harlequin romances and ask them nicely, many of them will be glad to send you one of their stories, the same story in four or five languages? Yes, they will. Sometimes they permit you to pay. Sometimes they simply give you these odd copies. And Eames, who sent me many books years ago, well, Anne Eames has done so well writing that last I heard she was working as a nurse in Africa. Besides reading, over the years I've also listened to half a dozen languages in my car or in the shop or while I'm riding my bicycle. And because I have not yet moved up to the little iPod thing that fits into the pocket, I tie a nail apron around my neck and put my CD player in that. You know those... CD players look like a flying saucer. They're about the size of a whoopie pie. So they just fit in one side of a nail apron. Anyway, if you know two or three languages, well, if you, if you know two or three languages, or if you have lived in two or three countries, you know, this is the important part, that there are cultural distinctions that are reflected in each language. I'm going to repeat that because this is the important part of what I'm babbling about here. There are cultural distinctions that are reflected in each language. This was recently brought to my attention again while listening to a conversation in Italian. Listen and repeat. Ascolti and ripeta. A man knocks on a hotel room door to keep a business appointment with a woman. Before getting down to business, they have a drink, and they exchange a bit of information about their families and hometowns. There is another knock at the door, and here is the interesting part. If you're studying one language, the answer to the knock at the door translates into English as, Oh, that must be my husband with the plans. In another language, the woman says, Oh, it's my husband. In a third language, the woman simply says, Oh, goody, now my husband is here too.
Scott Hamilton here on the Humble Farmer. Where with any lucky dogs, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. What are you doing right now? Write and tell me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop letting my wife, Masha, the almost perfect woman, cut my hair. It's got to stop. One recent morning, my wife, Marsha, cut my hair. It was perfectly even in the back. It was beautifully groomed on the sides. I looked, I looked like a mannequin. It was all I could do to keep from grabbing a polished leather briefcase and rushing up to the state house in Augusta where I could stand and tell lies before some Senate investigating committee. Frank Stetner playing bass there. Frank Stetner, a whole mess of his friends called the Zillionaires, doing a thing called St. Thomas. You and I have friends who take everything literally, and there's a name for this idiosyncrasy. And because you know what it is, I'm not going to repeat it here. It has been my great fortune to speak to many groups of people over the past 30 or so years, and in my travels, I've spoken to the Maine Medical Marijuana Association twice. And one day, two years ago, when my back pain kept me from sleeping at night, I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, unable to sleep, I said to myself, enough of this, enough of this, I'm going to call my friends, I'm going to try some of that magic juice. So I got some marijuana juice in a jar, and I mixed it with honey and water, and when I drank it, the pain went away. Hallelujah. 
And after a week or two, my back got better and I didn't need this magic juice anymore. Well, while babbling about, babbling about this on Facebook, one of my Facebook friends wrote, please don't, please, please protect your source by not discussing it on Facebook because you don't have a recommendation. And I don't know how she knows that. Might not be true. Because you don't have a recommendation, both you and your source could be in serious trouble. Well, good advice, you say? I say fooey to that. Right now, are you listening? I'm going to tell you where I get my medical marijuana. I'm going to give you the name, address, and telephone number of the person who gives it to me. Listen closely. Get your pencil handy there. I drive up to Augusta where I meet bang, sound of body hitting floor.
Some people will tell you that yogurt has some kind of good bacteria in it that your stomach likes. For years and years, 70 years, over 70 years, I always claimed that there was no way I could eat yogurt in spite of its highly touted beneficent medicinal properties. But I have learned, I have learned since that yogurt is very good if you mix it with real Vermont maple syrup. And about 30% syrup to 70% yogurt, yogurt tastes very good. You can't get enough of it. It's wonderful. I recommend yogurt to all my friends.